0: Black Hello, Podcast. welcome back to Black Doctors Podcast. I am Steven, your host. It's been a good couple of weeks. Had some really good episodes being Dr. Bernice. Dr. Bernice Fulcombe had over the last two weeks talking about her life as an emergency medicine resident and now EMS fellow. She talked about the MPP that she earned, what that means. And before that, I think it was the episode with Dr. Nate Jones, Dr. Bianca Bush, talking about anxiety. Always good to hear from Dr. Bush, the college psychiatrist. This week, it's just me and you. I've been thinking about you know, what I can share. I think right now, we are in the middle of residency application season. Folks have submitted their ERAS. They're accumulating, collecting interviews. It's a very stressful time for third year, or rather fourth year medical students. Heart goes out to you. I remember those days. It was not fun. You will get through it, whether you're a person of faith or believe in serendipity or just luck. You've done the work to get this far in your career and you've got to you know, trust that you're going to see it through. I know the interviews may not be as plentiful as you would like. Just know, you know these programs are going to get through Interviewing people there's going to be some more things that open up there's going to be some more options and I, I do truly believe you're going to end up in the correct program for you if you are in the match process and you're having trouble please you know now is the time to reach out to find mentors to ask people for advice look over your application if it's time to you know apply to some other safety programs or a different specialty now is the time to to you know really dig in deep and get that advice for that mentorship. So things have changed a lot since I was applying to residency. I submitted my application back in fall of 2013 because I matched and finished residency in 2014. So obviously everything was in person. Then it was pre-COVID pandemic. And let me tell you, that was a struggle. I feel so old now because I can talk about like back in my day, but back in my day and for a lot of other physicians that are the same age as me, or I guess the pre-COVID generation, we had to do all of our interviews in person. So I figured I would share my story with you, one of my mini match stories. It's a story time. I was a broke uh, medical student, like most medical students are, unless I guess you're an influencer. And I was living in D.C. and I needed to, you know, find some way to save money some of my early interviews, I think up to Pittsburgh, I took the Megabus. I assume Megabus is still a thing, but you can get like $8, $9 bus tickets. And I think one of my first interviews, I took the Megabus from DC up to Pittsburgh, interviewed there, and then took the Megabus back. So adventure saved me some money. Occasionally, these interview or these programs would put you up in a hotel room. If it was a nice program, they would pay for your hotel. Otherwise, you know, you're couch surfing. There's even a website, I think, Couchsurf. And Airbnb was just starting to become a thing back then. So I was doing whatever I I, I could do to save money on my interviews. And I was able to line up quite a few interviews. I had an interview at Ohio State. I had two interviews in Chicago and an interview in Philadelphia. So, So I started driving on a Wednesday to Columbus, Ohio. So I had my Ohio State interview I drove out on Wednesday. The interview was Thursday. And then I had two interviews in Chicago the following day, that Friday and that Saturday. So I drove into Columbus. Ohio State University was kind enough to have this really nice hotel. And they comped us a night in the hotel. I think it's where like the Buckeyes stay or I guess not the Buckeyes because that's to be their home stadium. I guess, you know, visiting teams would come and stay. It was a really nice hotel on the campus there. So I show up. You know, change, go to the interview dinner because they would have in person interview dinners. Imagine that back then. So that was, you know, Wednesday, I get there, change, go to the interview dinner. Now, Thursday, I get up and, you know, get dressed in the interview clothes and I go down and start the day of interviews. Interviews would start around, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and then they'd finish at some random time. Fortunately for me, my interview ended kind of early in the afternoon because I had to get to Chicago after that interview because I interviewed dinner that night. I had a good friend, Javi, we got into grad school together. He was at Ohio State for medical school, I think, or he was doing a away rotation or something. And I just remember I finished up the interview, which was my worst interview of residency applications. I, I could tell that story maybe at the end of this episode. It was pretty traumatizing. I don't know. Maybe it'll it'll help you relate to whatever you're going through. So I remember finishing up this interview and I went and found my buddy Javi. He was like, I think he was doing an away rotation in internal medicine. And we went and snapped a quick selfie. And that was all the time that I had. I went and jumped in my car and I hit the road for Chicago. Now I'm driving because I had to make the interview dinner for the University of Chicago residency program. This is Thursday night now, right? Because I got to Columbus, Ohio on Wednesday, interview dinner Wednesday night. Ohio State interview Thursday. Thursday night was me heading to Chicago to get to an interview dinner, and the only reason I made it was because I kind of miscalculated the time difference, and I think I I gained an hour going or lost an hour, however that works. Because I remember I was I was stuck in Chicago traffic. It was rush hour. I had to get to this restaurant. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Cafe Baba Reba. One of the reasons to this day I hate tapas, but I remember changing out of my suit in my car while I was in traffic heading into Chicago and I got to this restaurant and it's kind of a big open restaurant with a lot of like tables and booths. And it was a favorite place for programs to host their interview dinners. So I remember like, you know, gaining all of my, you know, excitement and, and like hyping myself up because I got to, you know, put on my, my best impression and meet the residents at this interview dinner. So I, I, walk up to this table. I'm like, Hey, I'm Steven. I'm a medical student from, you know, Howard University. I'm here for the anesthesia residency pre-interview dinner. And like, they just stare at me and they're like, Oh, we're like rush radiology. I'm like, Oh man. Okay. Mind you, I'm tired. Cause I just drove all the way from Columbus. So then I go to the next table and I psych myself up. I'm like, all right, be energetic, be friendly. I'm like, Hey, I'm Steven, I'm from Howard, and I'm here for the anesthesia residency interview dinner. And they're like, oh, we're Northwestern OB. Oh, my God. So I went to like three or four different tables. And finally, I found the University of Chicago table. Now, I was kind of in the m- like middle of dinner, and it was tapas. So I remember the only thing on the table was like some cold cuts and some olives. And that's what I had to like just tear up, even though I don't really like olives. And so I had to pretend I wasn't starving and eat that and then kind of parlay with the folks at the table. So I did that and then I had some friends because there, there weren't any hotel rooms comped for these these programs. So I had a friend that stayed in Chicago, quote unquote. I was like, cool, I'll couch surf. Well, I didn't, you know, when people say they stay in a city, I usually assume like, okay, I'm, you're staying in the city. Well, no. The friend stayed like 30, 35 minutes out, out in the suburbs. So after dinner, I had to drive north to my friend's place. And i it was a friend from college. So we hung out on the couch. We had to catch up a little bit and didn't get to bed till late. So now I got to get up in the morning because it's a good 50 minute drive back down to the South Side of Chicago to get to University of Chicago. So I'm exhausted. But I hit the road. Everything's packed up in the car and I drive down South, go to my University of Chicago interview. Interview was good. And right after the interview, I had about a couple hours of free time and then I had to get to another interview dinner for a different program. This program was famous because it would always take you to a steakhouse. You can get like a, a filet mignon. It was legendary. So I went around, looked at the bean and then changed and then went to this interview dinner. Great. We had the steak. Now staying with a different friend because the first friend was unavailable. This friend stayed up north again. So I had to, I had to go 45 minutes north. Crash with his friend, great, you know, free, free night stay and then drive back. Now this is, uh, that was Friday night that that dinner was. So Saturday morning, get up, come into the city for my final residency interview in Chicago. This program, like, you know, usually there'd be like cantaloupe or some bagels, some coffee. This program kind of spent all their money, I guess, on the steak dinner. So I'm starving because I didn't eat dinner or eat breakfast rather. And now I show up and there's like no food at this interview. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just, I'm ready to leave right now. Now, finish that interview and I'd met a friend at a previous interview and she was, she's a good friend to this day. And she always had a way of being like very persuasive. She's like, oh, why don't you like hang out? We met some other friends from a local program and we were going to party in Chicago. I'm like, well, I don't have a place to stay. And she's like, oh, well, you can stay at this guy's house. Mind you, like, I didn't know this guy. She didn't know this guy. She just met him. But she was like, oh, yeah, you can stay at this guy's house. I'm like, okay, we'll see how it goes. So that Saturday night, we end up going out. And, and at first we asked, I was like, hey, do you mind if I stay at your place? And he looked at me like, "Like, dude, I don't even know who you are. No, that's kind of a weird question to ask. And my friend looked at, looked at her. She was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, see how it goes. So we ended up going out, partied till late. And now this guy was like drunk and I was like, Oh, Hey, dude, do you mind if I crash on your couch? And he's like, Oh no, it's fine. It's cool. All right. So now I got a place to stay. Mind you, I figured this out at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So about 11 o'clock I'm like, all right, I'm going to tap out. I follow some friends back to this guy's spot. Cause that's where we, we pre-gamed at. And then I just pass out on the couch. Now at one o'clock in the morning, I wake up cause the parties moved back to the place. There's like, they're doing snow off of the, the countertops it's just madness and debauchery. I'm like, okay, what did I get myself into? Mind you, I like parked my car in downtown Chicago and was worried about parking tickets and whatever. So I, I wake up the next morning, because I got to hit the road. I'm going from Chicago to Philadelphia, because I have an interview at Temple on Monday, right? This is Saturday night going into Sunday. So Sunday morning, I wake up, I'm at this guy's place. The apartment was trashed. I was like, okay, the least I can do is like I guess, clean up his kitchen as a way of saying thank you. So I kind of like cleaned up his kitchen. You know, somebody woke up and I'm like, dude, who are you? I'm like, oh yeah, I just crashed here for a night. Like whatever. So I cleaned up his kitchen countertops and then I hit the road, drove from Chicago, got into Temple, crashed on another friend's couch, went to the Temple interview and then finally headed home to DC on that Monday. So that was like one of the roughest, stretches of interviews. But, you know, it's all the things you can do when you're a broke medical student. I don't know if it's better, worse, or the same these days with virtual interviews. I know it's, at the very least, it's extremely, extremely different. So just know that, you know, yeah, it's a tough uh, stretch that you're in, but you did the work to get to this point, And, you know, everything's going to work out in the end. The end. And I guess I'm in a storytelling mood. So going back to the worst interview that I had for all of residency. So this starts when I was in the ICU because I wanted to become an ICU physician and I wanted to do anesthesia. So as a senior medical student at Howard, I picked up a, was it a month or two months? I think it was a month long rotation in the surgical ICU. And I scheduled this rotation for like the month right before I took step two CK. I had advisors, people that said, Hey, Steven, that's not a good idea. You shouldn't do this. And I'm a little hard-headed, and I also have to like prove things to myself. So I didn't really listen to advisors or senior classmates or my my fellow classmates or the resident. I didn't listen to anybody. I was like, you know, whatever. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll study, whatever. And I just jumped headfirst into ICU. I loved it, was working hard was hitting like eighty four hour weeks, and I felt great like uh, working with dr green dr cornwell I, I felt like you know got to the point where he they trusted me in the ICU I would know patients just as well as the residents I'd, i you know every now and then i'd be able to round with the attending and and give them updates and it was just a fantastic rotation now my step two studying on the other hand took a hit and not surprisingly, I did not do well on my step two compared to my step one score, which was like kind of right below the the average for matching into anesthesia. The my step two score was was pretty bad. So, I took it, you know, to at the point where the scores didn't really come back until late in the interview season. I just kind of skated by at a bunch of the initial interviews. Well, this all changed when I got to uh, this one particular program, and. I was sitting across from an attending who shared my complexion. I was like, this person is an ally and we'll, we'll kind of, but you got to kind of fill them out, right? Because all skin folk ain't kin folk. So I remember talking, you know, that the pre-interview, like kind of chit-chatting back and forth. And I was like, oh, you know, how's the diversity at the program here? And this person starts talking about like Appalachian people. I was like, I don't know what that means. And I looked at, I always look up their CV. This is a tip, I don't know, a pearl. I probably should have highlighted this earlier in the episode. When you're on interviews, one of the things I always do, whether it's, you know, the day of or while you're sitting there eating, drinking coffee or whatever, you should have a list of the people that you're going to interview with. Some programs will email it to you ahead of time or whatever, but I always go through and look and see, you know, what they're about. Is there some research interest or what papers are they publishing? What, what are they interested in? Because it gives you fuel to talk with this interviewer. So I looked at this person's interview or in this person's bio and there was like no HBCU on there. It was all PWIs. No offense to the PWIs. But then now they're talking about Appalachian people. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm stuck. We're going to have to get through this one. So then it gets worse. So we're, we're talking, we're parlaying, is going fine. And they're like, oh, hey, I noticed you didn't have a, a step two CK score. Did you take the test yet? I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh uh, yeah, actually I did take a test. Oh, what was your score? And I was like, well, it was a two fifteen. And I don't know what like the average score is now, but back back in my day, that wasn't like the best score. Like I didn't fail it, but it wasn't gonna help me get into any kind of program. So it's like, yeah, I got a two fifteen. And there's just this awkward pause. And they're like two one five. I'm like, Yeah, it was it was a two one five. And then another like just awkward pause as they're just staring at their paper. And they said, I noticed that's a that's quite a bit lower than your step one score. And I'm thinking like, obviously. And, you know, what happened? And then I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I was in the surgical ICU and I didn't have a lot of time to study and yada, yada. And it was just like a, hmm, okay. And then and then we like moved on. And man, when I tell you, I felt like i just been sucker punched. I had to like... Just hold it together like all the wind had been knocked out of me. I couldn't think clearly. I remember like like, like stumbling out of the interview room and then going back to like that safe haven where the conference room table is and everybody's sitting there eating cantaloupe and eating the bagel and drinking the coffee. And I just looked around like I just want to leave right now. Everybody's just laughing and kicking and having a good time. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I can't be here. I don't deserve to be here. It, it, it's ridiculous. And then, ironically, I sat down with the chair of that program. And this person also brought up, you know, what's your step two, CK? And I told him. And then this person was like, oh, did anybody else ask you about this on the interview? And I was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so did. And and he actually kind of, like, apologized and, like, made me feel a little better. But that was, like, one of the worst Interviews I've, I've ever experienced. Needless to say, I did not uh, match. I, actually, this program reached out at one point to offer like a second look, and I was just like, "No, absolutely not. I I can't. Um, I can't even think about going back there." So it was it was actually a really good you know program, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. So say say you know hang in there, you'll get through it. If you're feeling down need somebody to talk to, talk to somebody, a friend, trusted advisor whatever. They can help you get through. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it for today's episode. I had a really busy week. This past week, I was in Chicago. We had an ethics conference. I was able to attend the McLean Center at University of Chicago. Always a great time. And we had some awesome discussions about ethics, ethics of artificial intelligence, some great panels on that. I got to see a bunch of friends from residency. And but I am absolutely exhausted. I'm in the ICU this week. So just recording this after I got off. And, uh, you know, but thanks for tuning in every week and excited for some episodes we have coming up. Definitely some partnerships in the future with the Student National Medical Association. Registration is now open for the conference, which is going to be this spring. The annual medical education conference is phenomenal. You don't want to miss it. It's their 60th year anniversary. So we're excited to see the programming there, to hear about all the things that this program has done to increase diversity in medicine. You'll definitely be hearing more from this show about Esitomay. So super excited for what's to come in our partnership with them. If you haven't already, check out their website. You can go, you can sign in, you can register for the conference. Thanks for tuning in to the Black Doctors Podcast. I am Steven, your host. Every Monday for a new episode, we are here because representation matters.